Welcome to episode number 80 of Millennial Gaming Speak. I am your host, Logan Moore, and with me this week is a real fuzz boy, Max Roberts. Hi, Max. Hi, I'm a fuzz boy. Hi, my name is Max. I'm a fuzz boy. And uh, how do rehab meetings go? I've been uh, watching Breaking I Bad. I don't know how it works. Uh, so yeah, if you're watching on YouTube this week, you saw my whole spiel at the beginning. You probably should go check out the audio version this week. If you're listening to the audio version, Max's voice should sound fantastic crystal clear and shiny he's, he's sounding kind of strange on our video version this week so not the best representation of what the show is you bright house internet yeah you got to get your internet fixed so this is a whole thing i'm starting to stress about and i stress about really because i'm not moving out or anything but i'm starting to think about moving out which means i'm gonna have to look at internet you can buy like and you've scared both. you have scared me with your internet with the different places you've bounced around to and i don't want to end up somewhere where there's crummy internet so nope you gotta you gotta buy the best you do which is gonna hurt my wallet along with a bunch of other things so yeah um i just thought of another news story by the way and i will write that down and i will mention that when we get to our news um how you been doing besides that though uh, besides my crappy internet i've been doing fine getting things done wedding planning trying to graduate oh, how's it how's that going we have a day to go tour uh our potential venue like our top possible venue they're they're actually the first venue we've looked at that has the day we want um so that's positive so we're gonna go on monday and check out a potential venue other than that we have to that's kind of the big thing after that i guess is photographer but it's going the food well, food you gotta plan the reception eventually. too yeah. which is fun i'm sure uh, wedding planning is a hoot all around yeah it doesn't so i was saying i was actually thinking about that the other day i was thinking about your whole situation with planning the wedding and i realized that we're having a tough time planning out our secret project we're trying to work on let alone you have a wedding that you're working on so and graduating and graduating mm. so yeah, it's not. And finding a career. Mm, that too. It's That's just, it's thing. one thing after another. Granted, I guess I put myself in the wedding situation. People could say that, and that, that would be a fact. I did, you know, decide to propose and make this thing happen. That's true. You started that. That was that was you. That was yeah, all you. But you know what? It's, I guess, I guess I asked for it, but it's in the end, I know it's going to be worth it. So. You did technically, yeah, you very much asked for it. So <laughs> that was the whole purpose of you doing it. Um, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that whenever it is. I assume I'll be there. Maybe not, though. Maybe you hate me. Yep, Maybe. I hate your guts. So don't. We'll do a we'll do a live millennial gaming speak right after the, uh, the wedding ceremony. episode. Yeah, wedding episode right uh, right there. Everybody talks about your wedding night and how special it is, and. We're gonna because do a live you get to record podcast. a real real good podcast that night. <laughs> exactly. It'll be unforgettable. We will have to actually do one at some point. 
I don't know when your wedding is. I mean, you, you've talked to me about it a little bit, but I'll have to come down like a little bit early and we'll have to try to have, do something fun for talk, talk about Super Mario Odyssey. Do we'll do something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I mean, that's what I did with my last friend's wedding. I went up there a little bit early and hung out with him for like a day or so before it. And I don't know, guy stuff. Just did guy stuff before. I'm gonna need he, it. He got married, so that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be that'll be enjoyable. Looking forward to going to wherever you have it. Florida somewhere, probably. Florida is gonna be where it will be. Yes. So that'll be fun. Looking forward to that later this year. You're all invited if you're listening to this. Oh, Next. no, no, no. That Come is on. that is not true. Spare no expense, Max. Come I, on. Invite, I, invite all seven of our listeners to the I show. I need to spare or expenses, to actually. I do. I need to spare them. You very much do. What about, what about you? What have you been up to? You've been playing Final Fantasy XV, right? I have been doing that. Um, that's a thing. It's, uh, it's, it's a game. It's a game. Uh been playing through that as far as video games go. Um besides that, not a whole lot. Been trying to get back into the groove of, of writing news writing and stuff over at Dual Shocker. So that's, that's been, right. That's been fun. Uh weekend writing's hard because there's not a whole lot of news that comes out. So you're digging, 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 you're in digging. The trenches. digging. You are the bottom of the totem pole, as it were. Yeah, uh, sort of. Um I can write anytime I want though over there. Like I didn't have I I skipped class today, so I didn't have anything to do. So I just tried to help out as, as little as I could. Um, but yeah, that's been fun. I've been enjoying getting into a groove with that. And I don't know, there's so many things going on video game wise that it's fun to report and write about it. Um, but yeah, as far as games go, Final Fantasy 15, I haven't actually played it. I didn't play video games this entire weekend, which is kind of nice, if I'm being honest. And um See, I'm I trying wish, to. I, I wish I could have played video games this weekend. See, I, I've, I have been in such a pedal to the metal mode with games lately, though, because I, I mean, I got so many of them for Christmas, and like I, I'm trying to. I feel like I'm on this time crunch because of what next month holds with games. Wah, wah. I, I just feel like I'm trying my hardest to get all of these games out of the way and i just reached a point this weekend where i was like you know what? i don't really i'm not feeling it so i'm not gonna force myself to sit down and play this game especially when i've got tons of other things i need to do which will actually be part of my topic later on um we'll bring it back around and maybe have a deeper discussion about this but yeah as far as final fantasy 15 goes i'm a i think i finished chapter two yeah yeah i finished chapter two um so game's starting to open up a little bit more. I'm starting to get a little bit deeper into the RPG systems and things like that, leveling up my characters. Um, I know I'm really close to getting Chocobos. I think like that's the next mission I'm at. I'm still very early in the game, maybe like eight to ten hours. I, I don't even have a Chocobo yet. Yeah, it, it's the start of chapter three. I think they're like, hey, there's a Chocobo farm over there. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I quit and went to bed. So that'll be like the first thing that happens whenever I start it back into it again. Um, it's fun though. The combat is solid. It's not very in depth though. Like that's the one thing I've been a little bit surprised about is that I, I got into it. I was like, all right, this is JRPG. This is going to be pretty mechanics heavy. And I feel like it's been pretty light on what is 
what I typically consider to be like, when I think of a JRPG, I think of like really deep mechanics and really deep systems and lots of numbers and leveling up. And th- those things are in the game, but I feel like it's way lesser than I expected it to be. Like, am I alone in that? Or do you no, agree it's, with it's from a, what you've played? It's more action RPG than it is. RPG with action. It, it's very reminiscent of Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah, something like that. Like um, it's it's you mash it's very the buttons, Kingdom and Hearts. you dodge the stuff, and you you use your bros to do special attacks. And it's even the pause menu is laid out exactly identical like Kingdom to Kingdom Hearts. You got each of your characters it's there. Like Tetsuya Nomura was the director for King Final Fantasy fifteen yeah. for quite a while. Yeah, so that's that's been fun though. Um, I'd like to, in theory, finish it before hi, Zelda, but yeah, hi doggy. Somebody must be at my front door. Rip, rip, rip. Someone's in my garage door right now. We're just all over the place. Yeah. Logan, I we guess. need a studio. Um, here, I'm going to try to cover my mic up. Maybe this will be a little bit better, but probably not. Um, I can still hear your dog. It's fine. Just And it's gone. You killed it. You murdered. No, we didn't kill it. You I shot, thought of it, though. You we shot definitely your dog. Of it. Don't, shoot, don't shoot your dog. That would be very bad. Shooting dogs is violent. Okay, I yelled at my dog. Uh, oh. um, so yeah, what was I saying? Oh yeah, Final Fantasy 15. It's it's cool. It's a good game. I game. need to get back yeah, to I, it. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep myself hold myself to a standard of beating it before Zelda. If I don't, I don't. If I do, you do. I do. Like it, the end. That's all. I'm. I I don't know. I need to stop. I was thinking of this the other night. I very much view video games as almost a checklist sometimes where it's just like, oh, I need to beat this, 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 this. this, No, you view the checklist in the game, not make the games the checklist. Yeah, and so I have like a whole list of my phones like uh, under notes titled backlog, and it's like all the games I need to get back to, and every time I delete one of those lines off of there and wipe one of the games away, I'm like, all right, small accomplishment. I don't know. I'm making... I'm turning video games into a checklist rather than like taking the time to enjoy them and let them breathe. I'm just like, I got to get through this one because there's 10 other games on this list I need to beat. And I don't want to do that. I, I, that's not, no, gosh, no, that's not, that's not an enjoyable thing. Um, but it's, it's hard. It really is hard because you should, you should try and remember that advice when you have Zelda horizon and mass effect all within the same four weeks. Well, speaking of Horizon, so I've been doing on it a lot. I don't think I'm going to get it at launch. I really don't. I know and I'm I, not. Wa- I want to really badly and... Wait, wait. We have to take this moment and recognize the fact that, that I brought up Horizon first because I remembered That's it. True. That's I true. I remembered Horizon Zero Dawn exists and that it's coming out. I Let's still don't know why pat you don't on the back. about the game. I, I just don't think about it, man. I don't. It's, uh... But it, I, I watched some gameplay um just a little bit from like that preview blowout yeah and i was like oh this is this is a game i should have remembered for quite a while like it's it's cool looking you know it is a it's a cool open world looking it seems to have kind of that um it almost reminds me of a ubisoft game in the way of like yeah this is gonna be a side quest here and i'm gonna be able to collect all this stuff and side quest and grab all that it's I'm sure it's going to do just fine, and I'm excited to get it down the line, which I'm sure you are as well. Yeah, I, 
I don't know. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to be really cognizant of my money right now, which is heck yeah. Bring it on. Strange because I just dropped three hundred on a switch and I'm spending another eighty on I, I just spent like four hundred dollars and I'm still thinking of getting a pro controller and a bigger SD or not SD card, micro SD card. So I, I don't know. It's it, I can cut costs with Horizon, but I don't know how much cost I can cut with it. I, I don't know. I, I may or may not end up getting it because I know it'll just sit in my backlog. I'm not going to want to play it when... And then it'll come, it'll turn into that checklist. Yeah, and then it'll turn into a checklist game and I don't want that to happen. So oh. see, we'll see what happens with it. I do really, really want it though. Like I've been looking forward to that game for so long and then it just happens that the only two of the only other other games on this planet that i want more coming out like within three weeks of it so it might just get buried beneath the shuffle i did want to say though that i've been thinking a lot about like this next month and i think the coolest part about it to me and now mass effects up in the air depending on your preference but in my case there are three really good games coming out over the course of the next month horizon zelda and mass effect and I'll, I'll have one for each of my systems. So Zelda on the Switch, mm. Horizon on PS4, and then I'm getting Mass Effect on Xbox. Xbox so I'll be given... feel like it's an Xbox franchise, which I understand. Yeah, it could launch there. It, it launched there first. It is. Yeah. yeah. It didn't come to... I think it came like two it or didn't, three years later. It did, Mass Effect 1 didn't come to PS3 until the trilogy collection. Yeah. Um, it was never it was never ported directly. It wasn't I mean, it was. Trilogy. Yeah, until the trilogy. Until the, until the trilogy. Yeah, that you can't go buy Mass Effect 1 solo on mm-hmm. yeah playstation 3 or anything like that i think so it might be digital i don't know but yeah um that is kind of cool that you're gonna have them all across all three that'll be interesting you'll like have this heavy dose of games yeah and we've talked about it in the past how it's like fun to own every console and again you could get mass effect on ps4 or whatever but to me it's nice to have them all to give all of my consoles a little bit of love you know next month you know speaking of switch here since we are i think like 18 days away from launch or something do you have, um, have you, who's like, counting? No, I, <clears throat> I think, I think it's 18. Let me, you know, I'm not quite sure, but do you have a spot cleared out yet in your entertainment system for it? No, I'm, I'm going to put it on the top of my, I'm going to put it on the top of my entertainment system, probably next to my TV, kind of like in the reveal trailer or whatever, where that dude just yeah. sits next to his TV. Yeah. I'll probably just do that. I got this. I haven't Easier cleared it out yet, but I have this spot to the right of my TV where all my controllers are, like my move ones and my, my dual shocks and my Xbox and all that stuff. I'm just going to move that to a lower shelf beneath my desk and then just put the switch right next to my television so I can easily pull it out and put it in the dock. I'll probably rip out my Wii U out of the little cubby hole it's in right now, though, just because what? I don't need I don't need six consoles hooked up to my TV. What? I, I, cur- I, I currently have five. I currently I, have... Well, I, I still have my PS3 and my Xbox 360 hooked up. I have one, two, three, four hooked up right now. So yeah, I, got I a GameCube, have... Xbox, PS3, and PS4. Yeah, I still have. Uh, I have yeah, I still have everything. I never, I never took down my 360, which I probably should, because I don't think there's anything else. The reason I left that up for so long was because I had games on in my backlog that were 360, but I don't think I do anymore. If I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are still some games in PS3, however, that I'd like to get to. Like uh, Nino Cooney, for instance, is one. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Will you ever uh, get to Nino Cooney? Yeah, I think so. I've actually been thinking about that game a lot, like the past month or so. Um, 
but probably not. I don't know. Knowing how I play games, probably not. Um, I do really want to play that, though. And then Okami as well. Okami HD. I've been wanting to play that for quite some time. We'll see if I ever do or not. Um, I think those are the last two PS3 games that I wanted to play, though, because I did eventually get around to playing Catherine, which was really fun last summer. I played that like throughout the course of a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think after those two, I could in a perfect world put the ps3 away potentially lay it to rest only reason i have my ps3 hooked up uh is because i needed to import my walking dead save that's why i had my 360 hooked up still too so i in theory could unplug it because you know i replayed the last of us and finished that so with the walking dead well the games on my 360 that I wanted to play there. I think may even be backwards compatible on Xbox One now. Maybe you can always check the list. Yeah, I'm not, I'll check. If I'm not, still I'll check the list. And still at some waiting point, for Splinter Cell. Where's Splinter Cell Conviction? Ubisoft put it on back compat. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is like the seventh time my garage has opened up and closed. That was mine. No, that- no, I've I, my room's right above the garage. I feel the floor. Oh, okay. I'm not kidding say, you, well, man. Well, the second the second a door downstairs closed below me, you said that. I was so like, I, it's insane. It's driving me nuts. I'm like, guys, stop opening and closing the garage. Um, you ready to dive into the news? Let's talk about the news. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I thought you were saying something. I can't remember. I don't remember um, what I was saying. The garage is dumb. Something, something before that garage. Who knows? Yeah, news this week. Yeah, let's get into it. Notable news. Don't do that. Um, so not a lot that actually there is a little bit this week and I'm going to pull an audible and put the one at the front that you forgot to add, which I think is kind of notable. Uh, E3 is open to public, at least for 15,000 people. Tickets have already gone on sale that they went on sale this morning at noon. Um, I'm going to guess they're sold out. So if you're hearing this, you're too late, but what did you think about that move by the ESA? Um, opening their doors to the public for kind of the first time i guess i mean as a business move i think it's pretty smart especially with the past couple of years where um companies like ea have been doing these off campus sort of uh, venues and approaches for the public to have access to their games you know nintendo did it with their smash brothers competition ea does it with their ea play anywhere um I don't even think Bethesda is formally a part of E3 in that sense. They do their thing. I don't think any of those conferences are technically like. Oh, no, I'm they talking, say like I'm Sony, so, yeah, like PlayStation no. at E3, but it's not like I don't think they're specifically partnering. No, with no, no, no. To be clear, E3. to be clear, I'm not talking about the press conferences. I'm talking about like the events where public can go play yeah. their games, mm-hmm. um, specifically with EA and Nintendo. EA, I know, opted out of it last year. Nintendo. Did it Nintendo still attends like Nintendo is there this year. They still do attend. Yeah. But they like two years ago, they did that Smash Brothers tournament, if you remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, As a business move, I think it's pretty smart because that allows uh, what they do. What they do. Did they do one last year, too? Or was uh, it the t- vacuums uh, going? The, vacuum. the Nintendo World Championships is what they did. Yep. That I don't I can't remember if that was last year, the year before. Or two both years ago. Years. They did it with Mario Maker. I think. Yeah. Can I the the vacuum is going now too? I can't I can't hear the vacuum. But then again, your voice sounds so fuzzy on my end. I I Wait, don't know. Let's let's be quiet. See if the mic is this audio is picking up. I don't listen. Yep. I can very subtly hear something, but it's, it's not that bad on my end. It's because she's coming up 
Now she's at the top of the stairs. Now she's right outside my room. <laughs> Who cares? This shows <laughs> it's driving me insane. Um, as a business move, I think it's smart because it allows vendors to show their games off to the public and get that public opinion and take on playing the games, which they yeah. clearly are pursuing. Um, as a journalist aspiring to go to E3 and someone who's gone to um, a, a sort of business convention, it's called IAPA, and it's where like entertainment vendors that do carnivals or circuses or bounce houses, like those kind of arcades, that kind of entertainment. Yeah. I go to this convention. I've been going to this convention like every year for the past maybe five years uh, because I'm very good friends with a man who owns a bounce house company. And he, it's like arcades are on unlock mode. Like it's just a really fun thing. Like he goes and does his business, which takes like an hour. And then you get to ride everything for free, eat like the little chili cheese dogs because they're sampling the equipment that makes the chili cheese dogs. So they got to get rid of the samples. It's great and fun, but it's a business convention. It's not for the public, and I can just imagine E3, which is obviously on a grander scale in the business world than IAPA, and then you put 15,000 people that are not there for business in there. Yeah. That's got to be a drag. Well, the thing the is, you and I have to do business. We've heard the horror stories for years and years and years and years about how it's impossible to move around the show floor, how you got to get from one point to the other in a certain amount of time. And it's so hard because there's so many people and there's just it's all so compact into that convention center. There's uh, typically about 50,000 people that go or at least last year. That was the number of people. went. There was 50,000 people last year. And I heard story after story about how just crowded did it you was. See, did you guys now see they're the adding 15,000 more. Did you so, see the video of the last day? to play the Zelda demo and the wave of people running to play that game. It's not, it's, it's not fun. Here's the thing too, that I want to say in covering PSX really made me realize this. Those shows are not fun. If you're part, unless you're part of the media. So I don't like you and I were talking about it a little bit the other day, texting about it. Like, would you want to go and stuff like that? Honestly, I wouldn't want to go if this was the case. I, and I wouldn't want to go as a member of the public. I, yeah, because it's all like two, three hour waits to play a game that might be out in like four or five months anyway. So, and then you get to play the game for like 10 minutes. So you wait hours and hours to play a demo of a game and then that's it, which it's cool. I mean, it's I like mean, a we all like games, but yeah, it's like a Disney, Disney And that can be really like cool. That. And I, I do want to say just as a person who's dreamed of going to E3 ever since I was aware of its existence, that that's insane and unreal and i'm i'm incredibly happy for the people that did decide to go and afford it and make the trip out there that's going to be so cool like i mean they i feel like these people are aware of you know you don't go to disney world thinking you can ride every ride in one day you go to disney world to ride space mountain and see the castle like you go if you're traveling far for it you have like a small checklist and i feel like people going to e3 know that this is this is the disney world of video games and i feel like the people that are shelling out the money to travel there are aware of that and i'm stoked for them because maybe gonna... maybe see that's the thing because i didn't think about it in those terms until i went to psx and it's like oh cool let's go play horizon wow there's a lot of people in the line to play horizon and then you ask the attendant hey how long will it be if i get in line right now eh, about two two and a half hours what like i i don't want to wait i don't want to wait that long at this convention that's only e3 is like what tuesday to thursday i think 
Um, that's the day P- the show floor opens up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah PSX is just Saturday and Sunday. And so your time there is so precious as it is. And you're trying to see and do as much as you possibly can. And then when the bigger games at the show floor are these long hours and hours and hours waits, then like you don't want to do that. And so Luckily, I had some appointments at PSX that put me in front of the line to play games because I had scheduled that out beforehand with some of the developers. So that was nice. Um, But you end up, in my case at least, I ended up looking at a lot more indie games at PSX because the big games, the marquee games at the show, the uh, Resident Evil 7, Horizon, um, Gran Turismo Sport. I'm trying to think of the other big ones that they were at the show. Um, I don't know. There was a few others. Yeah, PSX. There I mean, were you long. Played, you played ukulele. You played uh, yeah. Drawn to Death. Ukulele was a pretty long wait as well. Um, luckily, I <laughs> people were really mad when I got to the front of that line because I just went up. I was like, "Hi, I'm Logan," and then there was like 20 people behind me. They all got really mad because the demo for that was like 15 minutes each, and they only had two kiosks. So, Ugh. yeah. So I just vaulted to the front of that line. So that was, people were mad at me for that one. Um, It's, yeah, I I don't know if I would want to go as part of the public. The funny thing though, so I mentioned this, I'll I'll, I'll mention this right now. I I, I appeared on Jared Weich's podcast this past week. Um, He he appeared on episode 78 of the show. He came here and um, I returned the favor and went back on his his podcast called Controlled Interest. Go check that out. But we talked about this the other day and I talked about how ironic I think it is that for so long I have been working and working and working or I haven't been working that much, but for so long I've wanted to go to E3 yeah, and I've told both. myself, I've told myself, okay, if I could ever get to E3 as part of the press, then in some sense I will have to have quote unquote made it. So I've worked decently hard. I, I'm, I'm trying to, I know I have a crappy worth work ethic. That's why I don't want to like say I've been working harder than anybody else. I have been working though. We'll just say that I've been working to try to make this dream a reality of going to E3 as part of the press. And this year I think I can actually do it. Like I'm fairly certain if I have the money come June, like I can go to E3 as a member of the press. That would be incredible. That would be a lifelong dream come true. I would be so freaking happy to do that. The unfortunate part is I could have just gone for the heck of it this year anyway, if I really wanted to. And Which I and we talked about this. And I told any, you that doesn't I, take anything away from it either. I was going to tell it's just you, just kind of funny, I guess. When you have that press pass though, and you have that press appointment, that's that's different than you're doing what you did at PSX just at E3, and that's that's the real sign. I mean, that's the cool stuff. Yeah, um, for sure. So I think that's the sign that you've made it. Flying to LA to play Red Dead Redemption Two doesn't mean anything. I guess unless you will Red Dead Redemption 2 be at E3. That good point. I forgot Rockstar really usually skips the show. I mean, yeah, they won't be there. They won't be there. I think GTA 5 was there only in the capacity of Sony's press conference. I because they announced that deal where you could buy the the special edition headset and game and like you know PS3 was the place to play GTA 5. I don't remember that. I don't remember. I I know I don't remember that because I didn't watch that press conference that year because that was the same one where they announced Kingdom Hearts, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I missed that. I didn't want. I didn't. That's like the only Sony press conference I've met. 
I want to say missed, but I just like totally opted to not even watch it that year. There was like a stretch in there where I wasn't too hyped on games. I don't know why. Because you're a good. loser. Yeah, it was but pretty. Anyway. It was pretty. It was a pretty good stretch because we were gearing up for PS4 and Xbox One, and those brought me back. Uh, so E3's yeah, so open. Yeah. E3's open. That's uh again, if you're if you're hearing this, it's too late. You no, it's I'm not. sure, it's, I'm the sure early bird tickets are sold, um, most likely. For they were selling for 150. Regular tickets will open up sales later at two hundred and fifty dollars. Um it's not totally gone. You're you if you're interested, you can I knew they went it. on sale this morning, but I didn't know if all of them went on sale this morning or what. So Mm-mm. I don't know. Go check out. I think it's e3expo.com. Go check that website out, and you'll see if they have anything else left if you do really want to go. And if, if honestly, if the, if if us talking about it is your first source of news for this, kind of odd. But anyway, I'll either way, go go check it out. Um, so hey, yeah, Logan. Continue. What? What is a man? Uh, I don't know. Something about vampires or something. In a Netflix. miserable little pile of secrets. Uh, Ah. Castlevania coming to Netflix. Also talked about this on Jared's podcast. What up, Jared? Um, So yeah, Castlevania series is coming to Netflix. If I'm correct, it's animated, right? I did not hear anything about it. Would not surprise me if it's animated. Uh, All I know is it's coming this year. It is apparently, quote, in the vein of Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. And it's based on Castlevania 3 Dracula's Revenge. So that's a thing. That's cool. Um, obviously, so I'll, I'm not really like super invested in the Castlevania as a series. I like Symphony of the Night. That game is awesome. Um, but I can't tell you anything about these characters or anything about what is really going on in this universe. The Belmonts, something about that. Richter. Um, what's the one dude's name? Alucard. Alucard. Yeah. Dracula backwards. Dracula backwards. Um, I can't really I can't really speak to Castlevania too much as a series, but the one thing that Jared and I talked about on his show was that this potentially sets a really cool precedent for the future. Because my big question with this was is or I had two big takeaways from this. One, does this mean that Konami is potentially opting to bring Castlevania back from the dead? Because it is the franchise is pretty much dormant right now as it is. And mm-hmm. getting this series is strange when there's really no activity going on on the video game front with that franchise. So I'm curious to see if they announce a new game soon to kind of coincide with this series. Um, my other big takeaway was I wonder what Netflix's approach is with these series. Like, did they approach Konami or did Konami approach them? Because if Netflix is reaching out to video game developers and asking them to greenlight series based on their games, game franchises for to put on Netflix, that is really cool. And we could potentially see some awesome shows in the future because there were those rumors probably a year or two ago about a Zelda franchise, uh, Zelda series coming to Netflix mm-hmm. and that kind of died off rather quickly. But to me, I think Netflix is obviously approaching these development studios and is trying to get some sort of notoriety going Netflix, on. With- Netflix spends billions of dollars on original content. It would not surprise me. Yeah, and I, I can't imagine, especially with how Konami's been operating lately, I can't imagine they're the ones who reached out and tried to start this relationship. So to me, I think it's obvious that Netflix is trying to garner some video game-related content for their product. 
which is really, really cool. And I, again, while I can't speak too much to Castlevania, the prospects of what could be coming in the future with other franchises is what really excites me. And hopefully we do get more of it. Um, but yeah, it, it's cool. I don't know. I'll yeah, watch it. I, definitely. I will definitely give it a try. So it'll be dope. Yep. Uh, moving on, we did get some news about Destiny 2 this past week as well. And the wah, news wah, is wah. that it is still on slate to come in 2017. Shocker. Yeah, what a shock. Uh, nothing really else to say about they, that. We've all they known literally, this for quite some time. They delayed the game so they so they can make it. Like They delayed it. That's what Rise of Iron is. This is the proof of the delay. Um, not a surprise it's still coming out in 2017. Um, it'll be, it's interesting. I've read some reports that other studios are helping Bungie make the game, which could be interesting. Um, it speaks to the scope of this game and Bungie as a whole. Um, I'm glad that they've taken a rather silent approach. I mean, this information came out of an Activision's business Uh, meeting report. It was called, exactly. Um, I'm glad Bungie's being a little more quiet about it because, not only do we genuinely like this kind of um, turnaround on a game, you know, see it for the first time and it's out six months later, but um, Destiny 1 in particular showed its content so much and so far in advance, and then a ton of that I have a, didn't I have even a, make I have it a, in the game. I have a poster in my bedroom uh, that GameStop gave me because I pre-ordered the game when they first announced it. I was like, Bungie, I'm all on board. So I pre-ordered the game and they gave me a poster, and the poster looks like nothing at all, like anything mm-hmm. that... The was game, the final product of the game. Yeah, they showed so much that never ended up making it into the game. I remember shortly after Destiny came out watching a video, like we were supposed to go to Saturn in Destiny 1, vanilla. We, we never get anywhere close to Saturn. Saturn doesn't come till Taken King. It's uh, It was very interesting. So I'm glad Bungie's taking a rather silent approach to it and having hopefully a quick turnaround. So it should be good. <laughs> Quick turnaround, sort of. I mean, it's been three years, but they have released expansion packs in the meantime. For yeah, you know, they it's they're not like here's our Destiny Two teaser, and then here's a picture, and here's more. They're yeah. Hopefully, it's a here it is at E three, out in six months. Yeah, I'm. They'll probably show up before E three if I had to guess. Probably, Activision always does that. I mean, they always show release just drop a Call of Duty trailer randomly one day during the week and be like, hey, here's the new Call of Duty this year, which. Also, we got some slight news on that. They said it's going back to its roots, whatever that means this year. So Guns keep an eye out for Call, Call of Duty. Pew, pew, pew. That's always been a thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's roots. Uh, another story we kind of skipped out on, but I figured I'd mention it just for the heck of it, is South Park, the fractured butthole, kind of got, quote unquote, delayed again. But I don't really even want to call it a delay because... The day was never announced? Yeah, it was never announced. So not really. The, the game was delayed indefinitely after December, and... People are starting to think it's in development hell now again, like the first one. I don't think so. I honestly think it's coming out this summer. That just seems like a perfect time for that game. And I, yeah, I, I don't know. I there was a, there's a lot of hubbub the so past week. So they could put it on Switch? Probably not. No. I'm gonna, I don't know about that. I don't know. I think it'd be cool on Switch. There's no reason it can't I, run on Switch. I mean, they would have known about it far enough in advance, though. Like, you gotta assume dev kits went out for the NX slash Switch like a year or two ago. 
I don't know about or two. Not, I don't think okay, two not, years, not, yeah. not, okay, not dev kits proper, but you got to assume Nintendo was talking to third-party developers like, hey, oh, yeah. here's what we're I'm doing. Sure I wouldn't here's be surprised. How would, here's I think how you be... will design for our product. Here are the specs of our product. Things like that. I you know I think I think South Park could come to Switch. I think it'd be cool. I don't, and here's the reason why: it's because Ubisoft has shown no confidence in the thing, and that is shown clearly by they the games put that they're putting hit, directly. Their just big hit. dance, and don't forget about Steep and Rayman Le- Rayman Legends, a game I played on the Xbox 360. Coming to Switch, coming to Switch, baby. Yeah, I, I, I just I think it'll be there. There's no I don't th- reason. I don't it think can't they would I it. don't think they would push back. Your your point though was that you think it got delayed so they could put the Switch version out. I said I that as, I said that as a joke. There's no no okay. company, no Ubisoft's not gonna delay a triple A title like that just so they can put yeah. it out on the new Nintendo console. That's not the case. Okay. I, 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 me- I meant serious. that as a like lighthearted joke. Okay. Sorry sorry if it came off the wrong way i'm not that yeah, stupid yeah. Coming, or, coming off, just coming off stupid uh speaking of switch though splatoon's getting like a beta at the end of march which is okay that's fine we can be squids <laughs> okay. and kids together they're doing a test fire which they did for splatoon one and it is <laughs> just sad a, it's a free wanna, weekend beta at random you wanna know times. what's really sad about this is i saw i think it was one of the facebook groups i was in somebody like posted this in the group and they're like oh my gosh switch beta and to think that you guys were all bashing on the switch's launch and they're being like serious oh no <laughs> and i was like dude you just said that a beta was a reason to get the switch at launch i mean I I could see it possibly being a reason for someone who lives in Japan because they love I can't, they re- love I can't, I can't see anybody there. dropping $400 approximately for a beta assuming everybody on this planet is getting Zelda to go along with the Switch. I can't see anybody dropping $400 to play a beta of a game for a stretch of Oh, and I'm right there with you. Days. I could see again, I only could see someone who lives in Japan just cuz they're crazy about Splatoon over there. I think it is cool that we get it at the end of March, and I think that's about it. Like it's think, it's cool. It's not. It's, it's it's fine. I still think it's a big mess up that that game was in a launch title, but we're past that at this point. I don't know that like that just that would have been a game I would that's that's a game I would have bought alongside Zelda at launch for the Switch, and I don't know. Like I said, not that I might skip it in summer, but. I'm more likely to like we we talked about this a few weeks ago. I am such a sucker when it comes to launch yeah. things. Like I Spending I would have been all so much bucks. more. Yeah, I would have been so much more apt to buy this game at launch than I would three or four months from now. So kind of sucks, but whatever. We get yeah, a beta. It's nice to have the beta. It'll be cool. Um, two more stories. Valve is developing three VR games for assuming supposedly Oculus and HTC Vive. Vive. Um. And they're Yay. also co-developing hardware, apparently. That's not shock. That's that's Valve. Um, I don't know. We just so yeah. I don't know. Boxes. You put this one. You put this one on. You put most of them on the sheet. But you you jotted this one down because um, you thought it was notable that Valve, like one of the top companies in the industry, is developing VR games. Um, curious to see what they do with them. Um, I don't know. Valve's kind of one of those devs that can really change the way you view hardware and a lot of aspects. And I'm wondering if this thing will be said here once they develop these VR games. Yeah, but. it's, you know, we talked about the state of PSVR last week. And I think it's interesting that Valve, like you just said, they are one of the top developers in the industry making three full VR games. Kind of a big deal. Um, 
Well, see, that's what I was curious about. I was like, what constitutes as a full VR game? Like he said, Gabe said not experiences. He said like a full game. So I imagine similar to Resident Evil Seven in the regards of like eight to an hour, eight to ten hour campaign. Could you? I like the first Valve property that comes to mind is Portal. Like Portal in VR would be unreal. I don't think they want to touch that. Personally. I don't know. Well, you know what? What's even more miraculous and really the news we should be talking about this article, Valve said they're making three. So we know Valve can now count to three. That's, and yeah. who knows? I mean, Valve and is they're so developing unique. games. That's and they've the other done. Thing. They've made a they've made a VR portal experience. Um, that was a demo. They did? Yeah, it's a demo on Steam. If you have a Vive, you can do a portal demo. There's like a portal experience in VR. So I could see a full portable game. That'd be kind of cool. But you know, Valve can do whatever they want to do. And the fact that they're committed to three full VR games, whether they see the light of day or not, remains to be seen because Valve can be. Just look at Half Life 3 or the Steam Box. Steam it, Machines. Steam Machines. Is that what they were called? See? They're out. <laughs> like, they are out. Not, it's not like they went away. No one talks about them. I, I think... You, you don't have a PC, though. No. There is a market There is a market for them, but you don't... I don't know. I think I... They're a catalyst to hook to basically play PC games through your TV. So you wouldn't hear a lot about it because in the end, it's just a PC. It's yeah. like not... A, it's know. not anything... It's, it's we- it was so weird. It's just a weird thing. That's very simple The controller thing. is looking... The controller, controller looks was cool. trash. It looks cool. Horrible. I would like to try it. I would like to it, hold it. I I held it. It was uh It's a little gross. It's a little it's ugly. It's really it's really bad. There's like this weird slant to it and when you hold it in your hands it just totally does not feel comfortable like in the slightest. It's really a bad controller, I I think. Gross, gross, gross. Anyway, I just thought it was interesting at least it, to bring it up considering our topic on last week's show um to see a big name developer committed to making vr games so i think logan just muted oh he muted his for mic sure to yeah yell at yeah his dog mu- no i didn't yell at my dog my brother's taking our wii u downstairs <gasps> um so yeah one the last wii story u. this week yeah because he wants to play smash his friends are over your brother has friends mm-hmm couple um one last story this week that i thought was noteworthy especially since max is so zelda hyped right now Um, game informer is doing a month-long bit of coverage about zelda breath of the wild and they are releasing a new article or screenshots or video gameplay something new every day until the end of the month i think um it's their cover story this month it's their cover story so they're releasing little bits of info here and there throughout the throughout the month um and one of those bits that they talked about or one of those bits that they released last friday was on the dungeons in breath of the wild which is something that i know max was very concerned about going into the game dungeons Uh, are real logan they're in the game well we knew that i don't know why you ever thought they weren't because they only talked about shrines, they never talked about dungeons. I was worried they took the well, they, convention thing too They haven't talked about far. a lot of stuff that you will assume will be in this game, like green tunics and like we didn't even have confirmations that Zoras or Gorons or anything like that was in the game until the last trailer. But 
I think it's safe to assume we all knew it would be there in some capacity. They're just being very tight-lipped about the game in general, which I appreciate because not many developers do that too much anymore. So it's kind of nice to see. Um, But we have had a lot of questions. Like This has been like one of the things I've had the most questions about too is the dungeons, mainly because dungeons have been an evolving thing in Zelda recently. Like they... The format in which they work has been quite different, and I was curious to see how they would work in an open-world setting. Um, the few of the notable bullet points that they listed is that I'm just going to go through the art, go down through the article here and okay. jump on all That's of them. Little- um, the first thing that they mentioned was that the map is different around this time. You can uh, typically swap between between floors if you're used to knowing how a map works in the other Zelda games. Um, you can usually look at the different floors and different rooms and things like that. The maps um, in the past were 2D. They're 2D traditional models. Traditional maps. Yeah, just top-down models that we're you would better, look at. You know. um, and this time they appear as a 3D model. And you, there are specific locations. It says specific locations you need to per- pursue are marked, but we couldn't see floor-by-floor floor layout we've come to expect. So it's more of a 3D. I did the idea of a 3D model. I think that's one way to not get lost as easy i think that's a more accessible way to view the structure that you're in um we'll have to see it in practice but i mean it could be cool i don't yeah the map changing the map could be a good thing doesn't really bug me no it's not a huge deal but to go along with that there is no compass item that you will get in dungeons now which has been something going back to the original zelda um i don't think there's a compass in skyward sword either if i'm correct but um, there's no compass in this one either. So that's a thing now. Uh, to keep going on, they said that the dungeon they played here was much smaller and less labyrinthine. Is that the right word? Labyrinthine? Something yeah, like that. I, it's yeah. less of a maze this time around. Um, they, and Of course, this might not be indicative of all of the dungeons in the game, but they did make sure to note that the one they played was much smaller, which... In turn, I, I think Ocarina of Time is a good example of that, where like the first few dungeons in that game are very much smaller, and then as you continue to go on, they do seem to get bigger and bigger and bigger until you reach like the Spirit Temple at the end of the game, where you got to do half of it is Young Link, and then the other half is Adult Link. So, I would assume the the dungeon they played in this demo would have been one of the earlier ones. I can't imagine Nintendo allowing them to yeah, play just through plop a later a late dungeon. Yeah, so I I would I I don't know I, I would take that I would, one I take that with a grain of salt. Um, you know they they did say quote that it's not to say it was shallow or easy. There were just fewer avenues for getting lost. End quote. That that I'm cool with that. If you know, fine. it's like a dungeon is a series of puzzles and using items to get to a boss. Um, I don't necessarily, especially if the overworld and side quests are as big as they promise i don't really need to get you know too distracted in dungeons like i'm going into a dungeon for an objective not so much to lollygag um so i'm okay with that that's cool it just depends if that challenge is there i mean if it's just a walk in the park then then that's a problem um also could remove the possibility for something like a crappy water temple cough cough i don't know I like how when you get stuck in games, you put it on the game rather than on your own crummy skills in playing those said games, such as Tomb Raider and Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Tomb Raider? What about Tomb Raider? 
Oh, I'm lost. I'm lost here, Logan. It wasn't I can't, lost. I, I can't, the route there I can't was no exit. I can't get out of this, I I get out of this area, area, Logan. Oh, have you gone through that vent? Oh, I didn't know that vent was there. I combed <laughs> that area. I could not find it. It's your own fault. I thought it was a glitch. It wasn't the game's. I mean, it was the, like the technical aspect of the game. It wasn't game design. It was a glitch, is what I thought. I could not find that room. I promise you. And then Twilight Princess. Yeah, I just that water temple's not that hard. To, it's, to whatever I was, I guess thirteen. To me, I don't know. I was like that. Would, technically, that would have been my first Zelda game. No, I, well then I would have been no because I had it on Wind Waker. I don't know. And I would have been I would have been twelve and I beat that game. I don't know. So come on, man. I was not good at it. I quit. I was like, I'm. I don't want to do this. My brother got way farther than me in that game. Yeah, it's one of the few baby. games my brother played way more than I did. L- little baby boy. Uh. Mm-hmm keep going on with this list um so in the dungeon they played through they said it did not center around a certain item that you, you typically gather in zelda games so if you've played a zelda game before i'm, I'm gonna sorry. assume you have um it, most dungeons focus on an item that you get midway through the dungeon and then you use that item to then traverse around the rest of the dungeon typically or to open up new paths and then later on to once again beat the boss uh in this case there was no dungeon focused item and it instead was just everything you brought in with you was what you used and that was it so and that i i feel sorry like i I sympathize with you because I don't this know was if, your thing. You really, I think, wanted. That's what I wanted. It's it might not be a huge deal in the end. Um, it also wouldn't surprise me if some dungeons were still laid out that way, but not all of them were. Um, so I don't know. I'm not. I'm not putting too much stock in this just yet. And and if that is the case, then it's not the end of the world. But I did really. I like that formula. I like that. Get play halfway through it, fight a mini boss, defeat the mini boss, get a cool new item, use the item. The rest, the rest of the way throughout the temple is a, almost like a means of training you and how to use it. Like, just temples have been very well laid out in Zelda's history, and teaching you how to use items is one of those things I've always liked. Um, so if that's not a thing this time around, then it's fine. But I don't know. At least give me a couple where that's the case. Um, but yeah, in addition to fighting the bosses, um, he pointed out that he feels like you'll need to prepare a whole lot more this time because he ran out of some items during his playthrough of fighting the boss in this temple. And you can only go into the dungeons with pretty much what you have and not necessarily what you find in there with you. So you better be prepared if you're going to go fight a boss because you might get whooped on. Um, there's a couple other things they point out here. Crystal switches which you are probably very well familiar with if you've played a 3D Zelda game before or any Zelda game for that matter are in the game. Not a, not a shock. Um, he points out one thing that was called Malice which it doesn't sound to me from what I've read here is not going to be in every dungeon. This is probably just specific to this one but um, he pointed out that there were little pockets of poisonous sentient liquid that hurt to touch in the, in the game um that were stuck on the walls and things like that. I'm going to assume that's specific to that dungeon and not specific to all of them. Um, And then after that, they talk about how there's, you can control certain aspects of the dungeon with your Sheikah slate and things like that. Again, something that I don't think is going to be indicative of all dungeons, but maybe some here and there. So there's a lot of things that sound specific to the one they played, but at the same time, the, advents of no compass different map style and then really the items if if the item structure putting an item at the center of the dungeon if that's not a thing going forward then that'll be i'm curious to see how they'll work around that because those were certainly the biggest takeaways i 
I feel like in that in that vein of not having a specific item in a dungeon, I think it could still happen where you go in a dungeon and just get your teeth kicked in. And part of that might be just you're too low. You might not have the right armor. Um, or potentially that, like they do it in Breath of the Wild where there's like a... You mean links, Link Between Worlds? Or, or Link Between Worlds where there's like a sign outside the dungeon that's like, yo, you need this before you can come in here. And so then maybe that's your cue to be like, oh, okay, guess I'm going back out until I yeah. find the hook shot or something like this. So, so. I do think... Because, you know, if the game is as open as I say, I mean, they've even said you can go to the final boss right from the beginning. They've it, said that? Yeah, they said that back at E3, man. That's really weird. They they <laughs> That was like one of their big E3 2016 reveals was like, you can just go fight the final boss. Will you win? Probably not. Um, Yeah. So I imagine I could go in theory. I could stumble into the hardest dungeon in the game right from the get-go depending on how far away it is, you know, how determined I am to get there. But the journey to get there and the enemies and then getting in there itself could be very difficult and not having the right armor or items, you know, lends itself to be a challenge. So I feel like it's just not in the traditional vein of here's the boomerang. And there better be a boomerang in this game. Um, I'm sure there will be. Gosh, that would be... I love boomerangs. I love the boomerang. Anyway... So yeah, those were all interesting tidbits that I thought were worth pointing out because Mm -hmm. we are so close to release and 18 days. So yeah, I thought that was important to talk about potentially for a second. Plus, I know Max is so Zelda thirsty. So and because he's so Zelda thirsty, that means we'll be talking about it a little bit more here in a second when we get to our topics. Um, So be sure to come back right here in just a minute as we talk about Zelda and my topic. See you then. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number, what is it? yeah, 80. I don't know what show that's, this is. That's uh, episode number 80. number 80, that's the show number, or show, yeah, number. I don't want to say letter. What am I going, what's going on? What am, I'm losing my brain. You take uh, one break and you've yeah, lost I, it. Yeah, I, I, I guess I snorted some cocaine in between the break there or something. Um, even though that would probably make me more on task than not. Anyway. Let's talk about some topics. Uh, so as I said, Max wants to talk about Zelda again for his topic this week. Max, shoot. Pew, pew, pew. Topic this week. Since we are so close to Zelda, I thought it would be interesting if you and I each listed off and just briefly talked about our favorite 3D Zelda, our favorite mm-hmm. port. Maybe we should just do favorite home console Zelda and favorite portable Zelda. All right, Zelda. let's just start broad. Which favorite Zelda? Well, I didn't even I didn't name all three of my sections. All right, go ahead. Favorite, favorite 3D Zelda, favorite portable Zelda, and then favorite experiment the series has done. So you know, each Zelda game kind of has its unique twist, or some sort of a gimmick or experiment they do. What's your favorite one? Uh, so 3D is Ocarina of Time. No duh. The favorite 2D one is Link to the Past, and then um, portable. Uh, What's your favorite portable one? Uh. <laughs> 
I don't know. I don't link to the link between worlds, I guess. Um, I mean, there's not that many good portable ones, I don't think. Like, Link Between Worlds is really the standout Link. one. Link's, Link's Awakening is the other one. Another I know a lot of people would go to. I never got into Link's Awakening. I had it when I was a kid, but I just couldn't. Zoracle of Ages and Seasons. Yeah, and but Cap. those, I, I don't, yeah, those are those are different. Minish Cap I actually liked, but, um, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. Minish Cap was good. I liked Minish Cap, actually, as far as portable ones go. I, Link Between Worlds is the easy answer, though. I felt like that was, like, the one true Zelda that was actually developed by Nintendo. <laughs> Capcom developed Oracle of Ages and Seasons, and I'm pretty sure they developed they Minish Cap, as well. Cap, too. Yeah, I thought they did. Um, and then Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass are hot garbage. Sorry. Uh, so... Link Between Worlds is like the obvious answer. Or not obvious. Again, I don't like Link's Awakening though. And I know a lot of people would vouch for that one as their favorite. Um, but out of those ones listed there and then discounting remakes like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask on the 3DS, then it's probably Link Between Worlds. That's good. Um, as far as like gimmicks that this series has done, I don't know. You don't I have, don't know. You know a favorite one? Like it could um, be like the three-day system in Majora's Mask. It could be the touch controls and Phantom yeah, Hourglass. Let me, let, me, let me stew on it for a second. You want to stew? Yeah, go ahead and go to yours. Uh, my favorite 3D Zelda is Wind Waker. It's the best, I think, in sense of exploration and scale. And then my favorite portable Zelda would have to be Link Between Worlds, uh, closely followed by Phantom Hourglass, because um, I actually like that game. And then favorite gimmick. I got mine. What's yours? Truthfully, um, the open world in Breath of the Wild. You can't do it. Ah, see, see, I don't want to say that yet, but you, you can't. So you uh, instead, I'll it. opt. Instead, I'll opt to say the open world in Wind Waker, you and the boat rather that, than all the land stuff like that was an interesting twist having it so centered on sea travel rather than land travel so yeah. there you go but after it. breath of the wild out depending on how that game plays it might be might just breath be of the breath of the wild and then my favorite gimmick has to be just the touch controls of phantom hourglass the ability to write on your map and draw out your path on the sea chart um even that puzzle they stole from Hotel Dusk where you have to like close your DS to stamp the map. Um, I thought that game really embraced the touch control angle and made it actually work pretty darn well. And I remember that game quite fondly. It was good. Cool. I love it. Is that all we wanted to touch on with that? Well, I don't yeah, know. You kind of went through your games really quick. So um, you didn't like I mean, elaborate I don't, I don't, on them. I don't, need, I don't need to beat you over the head with <laughs> Ocarina of Time talk by any means. It's the best one. It's my favorite one. I've talked about it a thousand other times. So we can you can go back and listen to our older episodes. And episode 48, I think, is our top 10 games ever. Go listen to that. Skip the number one. Skip a couple minutes in. Go find my number one. I, I gush on it there. Um, so that's my favorite 3D one, favorite one overall, obviously. Um, what did I say was my favorite 2D one? Um, Link to the Past, yeah, because it's. I felt like that was the outline for all of the Zeldas after. Like, when it's I went back formula. and played... 
yeah, when I went back and played Link to the Past, I really discovered that all of the things that I thought had begun in Ocarina of Time actually begun in Link in Link to the Past instead. And I just didn't know that because I never played them in that order. There's like a 15-year gap between me playing those games. Um, because when I was a kid, I thought Ocarina of Time was doing all this new stuff like originally and had, none of it had ever been covered that was, before. That was like me with Wind Waker when I went back and played Ocarina as a kid tried to got to the deco tree i was like oh they did it all here first yeah so that was always um that was all that was a little bit different when i went back to link to past and yeah i i mean you're you're such a fan of link between worlds but link between worlds is honestly just link to the past just exactly it's the same game so like i I think you have to give Link to the Past so much credit there because, I mean, you love Link Between Worlds and gush about it all the time, but in most senses, it's pretty much the same game in a lot of aspects. Again, there's different there's different mechanics in Link Between Worlds, such as walking on walls and running items and things like that. But for the most part, Link to the Past, everything it was doing was what the other games copied and everything that formula like we said this was really stemmed from rooted it. and was st- stemmed from like between pet link to the past it's hard to keep up with all these link title games it's really annoying scrub um, scrub you are scrub it's i mean deku scrub ah that is funny good job with your puns uh i mirror what you said about link between worlds um that game I thought had pretty, something pretty special in the fact that it was a sequel, but it experimented in the sense of renting items and an open dungeon approach, which had been done in Zelda before, specifically with like the original Legend of Zelda. But um, I think that allowed them to experiment, and I think that's going to be pretty prevalent here in Breath of the Wild and that structure. I think it was them dipping their toe in the water by taking something established, the overworld of Link to the Past, and then tweaking it and experimenting it with the formula itself. I think that's going to be pretty prevalent here on March 3rd. So that game special and I like collecting all the my mys and just really doing everything in that game, that whole the whole side quest and everything. And then learning the speed run that game is also a special part and just watching people break and play that game because it is so easily broken because of its top-down perspective and the way the dungeons were built and the structures. It's cool. So that uh, Wind Waker was my first Zelda game that I got to play and beat and go through. Link's Awakening technically was my first. But, man, there's nothing like sailing in the ocean in that game. The music swelling, it's it's too darn good. I love it. And it's a beautiful game that holds up to this day. So, yeah. And then I think touch controls and Phantom Hourglass were fun. But I've already talked about that. Uh, okay, so last thing I'll add to stretch out this conversation a little bit for you. Um you think that Breath of the Wild jumps to the top of your list after you beat it? I mean, I think we both agree that it has the potential it, to it, do so. It certainly has the potential. I don't. I don't I'm know. Very, I'm trying to keep my expectations in check. I really am, and I know I, you're running rampant with your hype and going crazy. I'm excited, just, but I'm trying just, not to go in thinking this is going to be the best Zelda game. I'm. I am trying. I think to it be has like you again potential i think is there like everything i've seen is good and i'm excited for it but i'm trying not to 
go crazy with my expectations and my excitement because that's just going to be bad on the flip side if it does turn out to not be what i hoped it it would be um i do there are so many question marks with the game too like that's the only other thing i'll say is that and i think we're both assuming that those question marks we have will end up being resolved and we'll be happy with how they're resolved but that might not be the case as well. They You're might be something right. we're not a fan of in regards to some of the lingering questions we have about this game. I am I am trying to approach it like you in the sense of just keeping everything tame. I'm not, I'm it's gotta it's gotta beat Wind Waker, which is kinda lofty for me. So, you know, I keep that kind of raining. I'm very, very excited for the game. Everything I've seen is very positive and I'm I'm stoked to dig into it. Um I do think I think it is safe to say this is the biggest experiment with the franchise since ocarina of time i think that's pretty fair mm-hmm. to say you got to remember you weren't there when it happened i don't think you were at least not paying attention at least when wind waker was shown that like threw some people for a loop because well, the controversy of the art style especially the with art the footage, style, the footage yeah. shown from space world but when you look at wind waker as a game and you compare its structure it follows a pretty similar formula, but then there's they that even, whole Triforce quest at the end, but and that was kind of that was rough. padding. Yeah, it's that was, I, think, I didn't like that. I think when you look far. back at the history of Zelda as a whole, I th- I do think Ocarina of Time obviously is just like Super Mario sixty four was a huge experiment and a risk at the time because it hadn't been proven and it set the standard. And if you look at the the consequent the following three D Zelda games. Wind Waker, Twilight, Skyward Sword. The, they all have their own tweaks and changes. Um, you know, the Twilight Realm or the Sailing on the Sea or the motion controls. And becoming the, a wolf. Yeah, becoming, <laughs> becoming a wolf. You know, a freaking wolf, yeah. Like, all of these things are their own spins and takes and tweaks and experiments. You know, Twilight Princess went back to the promise of that Space World video showing a more realistic, dark, gritty Legend of Zelda and... Um, you know, between like between the the three Zelda games, I think Twilight Princess, visually as an art style, is the one that doesn't hold up as well compared to things like Wind Waker, Skyward Sword, Ocarina of Time, specifically the three D S version of Ocarina of Time, because that polish, that you know, that new coat of paint just helps it look a little better. But Breath of the Wild, I think, with its open world and its ambition and changing the formula, I think is the biggest experiment in the Zelda franchise since delving into 3d for the first time yeah very much uh throws the franchise for a loop and that's the thing and that's the last thing i'll say here before we move on is the i think the reason i've been trying to keep myself in check here and kind of touching back on our conversation last week or with what are you afraid about the game I'm afraid it's not going to feel like Zelda and it looks and it looks like a Zelda game because of Link and the characters and all that like the aesthetics there and the world's there all those things are there but I'm afraid when I get into it and I actually start playing the game it'll be fun I I have no doubt about that but I have a I'm kind of starting to think that it might not feel like Zelda which is like I don't know, which is different because there are there is a specific feeling to Zelda games that they oh, continually nail every time. And the more I watch this game, again, the more excited I am to play it just from a game perspective. But 
is it going to have that Zelda magic in every moment of the game? And I, I'm leaning towards no, because I don't, I don't know if the formula and everything that we have become, it has become so rooted and known to us and the things the, that we identify directly with being part of a Zelda game. I think the open world in some respects tears down those walls and will it be a good thing? Potentially. Mm-hmm. Yes. But at the same time, it might have a very different feel to it. And so that's what I'm looking forward to getting into and seeing is that if it does still retain those qualities and those feelings and those emotions of a Zelda game again, very excited for the game. I have no doubt in my mind that it'll be good. The trailer made me cry. So I'm very much looking forward to it. And but I want to I actually I want to touch on that. You know, the trailer, it affected us both in that way. It took you a few more times watching than myself. But that trailer shows off the Gorons and the Zoras and these Zelda staples of characters and species. And just watching gameplay and watching like watching Link cook and just kind of stand there and the the, the food you put in there starts bouncing around in the fire and he gets excited. Or watching Link shiver on the pause menu while you're equipping gear so he doesn't freeze to death in the cold. Or the enemies you're fighting or the way he moves. You know, there was this clip I saw the other day from, I think it was a YouTube video out of Japan, like a Japanese ad. He like, he was coming in on his, his parasail and he dropped a bomb on a Bacoblin camp and then you know, shot a fire arrow and it created an updraft. And so he flew even higher and then he stabbed like all of this stuff that was going on. It was this fluid connection of motions and actions in a combat scenario. And they all scream Zelda to me, the way he was moving in the puzzle. saw. like, I think the world is going to be the puzzle. And I do think, I think that character is going to be intact um, in this new way. And we'll have to see for sure. I'm not, you know the game it's one thing if the world is the puzzle but this world is huge like this world's gigantic it's bigger than skyrim which for reference max is very big i I know (laughs) like it's like it's it's like two or three times bigger than skyrim i think or something it's akin to that at least which is that's insane to me like i daunting it's gonna be daunting and scary yeah i'm just worried that like, is there going to be fast travel or things like that? There's fast assume? travel. Yes. Okay. Good. Shrine, I, uh, shrines I, are your fast travel. Okay. I so, assume that would be the case, but they have uh, again. Bill, I, I, Bill in a lot of ways, I've buried my head. Yeah. He like with details about the game. Bill shared a stro- shared a story. He was he like was going out into the mountains in the snow and he passed all these shrines. He's like, I'll get back to them on my way back. But then he died, and then he okay. like couldn't go back he couldn't get back he could but it'd just probably take, take him, forever. him forever or maybe he like killed he was like ready to turn around he's like oh crap i have to walk all the way back um so shrines shrines are your way to fast travel so and i it's gonna be i mean you and i both are excited we'll see how it all pans out in the end but yeah I'm i just stoked. hope it i just hope it retains that feel that makes it a zelda game so switching topics from something very exciting and something we're looking forward to and something that's going to be a huge time sink is so a topic that i want to talk about and it's something that i have been struggling with and i i said it kind of tied into what i was talking about earlier with viewing games as a checklist and things like that but and i don't think we've talked about this before i really don't maybe an offshoot of it in some way i can't remember we need to take log of our topics um but the thing I want to talk about is if you ever really just thought about like 
and obviously I don't mean this in like a hundred percent. I don't know. Have you ever thought about quitting playing video games? Because no, it's not. And I no, I haven't either. But as you and I were talking earlier, there are clearly so many personal things in our lives that are going on and you're getting married and we're both trying to, we're on the precipice of graduating and we don't really know what we're doing for careers afterwards. And there's all these other things that we're trying to work on in the background, all these secret projects that we're working on that we have not worked on. And there is just so much stuff in my life right now that I feel like I have to work on and that I should be focusing on. And instead I come home and I play four hours of final fantasy 15 or something like that in a night. And it's just really been wearing on me in some ways lately. Like the amount of times I've been more cognizant of the amount of times that I play amount of time that I spend playing video games over the past few days and weeks, I guess. Um, because I'm, I'm not falling behind on schoolwork by any means, but I am putting it off probably a little bit more than I need to at this point. And there are some some other things that, again, you know, we've continued to put off and we're like, oh, we'll do that at some point. We'll do that at some point. And we just haven't. And when I look at the time I spend every week playing video games and I, on average, I'd say I probably spend between 15 to 20 hours a week playing video games. And that's just... I wish I were you. I I just... (laughs) I, I, I don't know. I, I'm like, a, I think I'm in a, while we're in similar boat, like we're in a, we're on the same river. Let's put it that way. But you and I are in different boats. Yeah, you're definitely not because, playing as many games as I have Because like I, I do not play games. I can't remember the last time I sat down and just like played games. You well, have, I'll, you have definitely been working on some other things lately, like time where you could spend instead playing video games, you've spent like writing or something like that, which I could in my, see, that's the thing is I could definitely do that too. And we've, we've talked a little bit before about how it's weird when you try to write about games because there's this weird, like middle ground you try to navigate where you're playing games and you're up to date on everything. But at the same time, you're trying to turn out like, written pieces and how do you not let the playing of games overcome the writing about it and things like that it's a weird you got to find a weird balance to it all and you most certainly do have to find a balance and you know i'm i think you have one more semester right yeah after this one yeah yeah and i'm i'm in my final semester and i have this huge portfolio i have to finish to graduate and so like that is at the forefront of my mind and, you know, I, I procrastinate that in different ways, like spending time writing about stuff that's not going to get me to graduate because yeah. I find that stuff way more interesting or pursuing interviews. You know, I've reached out to a fourth person today to try and get an interview for this month, but I have uh, two interviews potentially scheduled up here in April, like these different projects that I have in my head and other things that I care way more about than a, a club at school hosting some dumb event, you know? And yeah, but I have to write about this club doing the dumb event to graduate. And that has to be my priority. And, um, you know, I'm sitting here and really what I find myself doing in my free time because is like I'm finishing Breaking Bad, right? I think I have three episodes left of Breaking Bad. Um, and this is my second go around with it. And I try to like just watch an episode a day. And that's like my hour of free time, I suppose, um, and I do it with that. And, you know, I'd love to 
I love to, and I, I want to sit down and play Resident Evil 7, and I want to, you know, play all sorts of other games I have. It's finding the time to do that is the hard part, and I've, you know, we'll see how it all pans out. Yeah, but. I mean, I, I think my problem on a personal level is anytime during the night, I, or anytime, anytime I finish during the what, night when I'm scared and my night light's not on, yeah, go I turn out. on my PS4 because it's got a light. It's no, any, anytime glow. I don't have something to do that is immediately happening like that night or that day, like if there's something that day that I need to get done, then if I finish all of that, then I just play games. Like, for example, if I if today, if tomorrow, it's just like, oh, what do I have to do tomorrow? Only tomorrow, not even looking into the future and trying to worry about homework or anything like that. Tomorrow, I have to go to class. Okay, if I go to class, then I'll come home and I'll play video games the rest of the day. When in reality, it's like I have this project I need to probably spend some time working on. I have this homework assignment that's probably going to take me some time that I should probably work on this due next week. I have this, I have this, and I just don't like. And instead, I'm like, oh, I don't have anything on the docket for the next like eight hours, so I'll just play games. And that's like starting to really catch up with me in some ways. Like I mentioned homework a little bit. I'm not, again, I don't think I got, I'm going to. I got behind. homework I got to do after this. I have a 90-page script that I need to have written by May, and I have not written one page. Oh, right. my gosh, Logan. So that sucks, and I continue to keep like storyboarding that every now and then, but I'm not putting enough work behind it. Um, I continue to wake up late. I continue to put on like – I've put on like 10 or 15 pounds in the last six months, and I'm like, yeah, I just uh, whatever. I don't even work out. And uh, instead, I'm just like, ah, come on, knock this. Let's go kill this rhino-looking thing over here. Knock like, this is a good-looking boy. <laughs> it's just starting to wear on me in a lot of ways. And I'm very – I found that I've been very much addicted to it the past month of doing – of that loop of doing that. And I'm trying to break it in a lot of ways. And, of course, this is not – a good time to do so as we head into next month and i know that i'm not going to be able to put put down zelda or mass effect um so probably a bad time to do that but uh, and that's why at the top of the show i said i've been trying to just like realize final fantasy 15 knocking that off my checklist is not as important as knocking these other things off of my checklist that are actually important to my life rather than beating a stupid game about a boy band traveling across the world. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I don't know. I've just, and so again, my topic is quitting video games. Have you, I don't know, obviously I'm, not quitting video games as a whole. Have you ever thought about just like stopping for a while and just being like, okay, I, I, I should not play video games. I guess I don't think like actively think weeks. about it, but I, I clearly do it because yeah. I haven't done it. I haven't played a game in a good while. Yeah. So I guess I don't, I don't actively think about it, but do I do it? Yes. And I'll go through times where I do that too, where I'm not like really realizing it. Like, oh, shoot, I haven't played a video game in like a week. Okay, whatever. So, I mean, there's times where I do that too, but it's very much become, I'd say over the last two months, like a cognizant thing where it's like, okay, I'm starting to realize how many games I've played over the last couple months. And it's probably not a good place to be. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I... There's a whole bunch of other stuff too. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't have a social life. I don't do anything. And I'm like, oh, I just, I wish I could do something. <laughs> I'm going to sit here and play Dead Rising instead, though, instead oh, of going goodness. and trying to get, get friends or something like that. You don't need I don't friends. Know. You just need to get work done. 
I, I mean, I have, I have friends. Work hard, play hard. I just don't hang out with them. I don't know. It's a whole thing. I, the, I think part of the reason I'm like this too, though, is because I live like 45 minutes away from everything. Work, school, friends, everything. I am on an island out here by myself in my parents' house. So when I go to school or something like that, I feel like productive. I'm like, Oh, I can work and I'm going to do stuff like, and there is, there's, there's things that I want to work, work on and I want to get done. And then when I come home, it's like, all right, I will now rest in my dojo and only play video games because this is the location on earth where I play video games. So yeah, I just have a bunch of really bad habits that I clearly need to break. And I don't know. I, I guess the topic was quitting video games, but not really quitting video games. More like managing your time like a grown adult, 22-year-old man. Adult, yeah, being an adult is hard. It's really hard. No one prepared me for this. But anyway. Yeah. Maybe. So I guess that's, that's about it. it, I guess. Rant over. Um, Take us home, buddy. That's it for episode 80 of Millennial Gaming Speak. Thank you so much for listening this week, as you always do. I, I assume you listen every week. If not, then... You got a serious problem. Um, you can find the show. It is on iTunes, the MP3 version. Uh, if you listen to it on iTunes, you can leave us a five-star review down below. That helps us get in more people's ears. We would appreciate that a lot. I can't stress that enough that that would be a fantastic thing if you just took a couple moments to do that. Um, you can also find the show on Google Play, and we should probably get it on Stitcher soon too, but it's not there yet, so don't go look for it there yet. Um, we're also on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, hello. Probably shouldn't watch this episode on YouTube. I warned you at the top of the show, but if you've if made, you it, made this it this far, far finish it out. Yeah, you just may as well just may as well see it through. You only got a couple minutes left. Um, like, share, comment, subscribe. All that good stuff helps us all the, all the time. So, uh, what else? Oh, you can hit us up on at our email address, which is mgspodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please email them to us there. We would love to hear from you. What's your favorite Zelda game? What is uh, are you looking forward to that Castlevania series? I don't know. T- just email us tell us what's up we'll talk back to you if you also want to talk to us hit us up on twitter the show's account is at mgs podcast you can find us there we always post the show links when we're going live on youtube to record these live right now and we also post the mp3s soundcloud soundcloud links and itunes links and all that stuff whenever the mp3 versions are live um and then you can find max and myself on twitter max is at max the white and i am at more man 12 so be sure to go follow us over there and keep up with whatever the heck we're talking about during a given time i deleted twitter off my phone because i'm too addicted to it so maybe <gasps> i won't maybe i won't be tweeting as much that the next couple days i don't just... i don't actually know if i would be able to function without i it. uh it was becoming a problem <laughs> it was becoming a real I, problem i seriously i if i I still I remember signing up for Twitter. That's how life changing it's been. <laughs> I've I've become very aware like the past few days of like the problems I have. I'm like, oh wow, like I pulled my phone out of my pocket every literally like every two and a half minutes to check Twitter. Twitter what is, is, un- what is wrong it's so me? insane how addicted I am. It's I it's my crap. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I check it on my laptop now, but I'm trying to give it a break on my phone because i have it on my phone and on my computer i like tweet bot across everything i can't escape it yeah i know because when i tweet something out you'll sometimes text me like 30 seconds after i tweet it out i'm like whoa what the heck so you're definitely on it a lot we're both on it a lot but i'm trying to i'm hopeless take like a mini sort of break sort of from it but not really because i actually need to use it some days like actually need to use it to look things up uh Anyway, anyway, go follow us there. I'll probably tweet again sometime in the future. Um, 
But yeah, hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be back next week with episode 81. Two more episodes till the Switch. And on episode 82, we are going to count down our top five favorite Wii U games. We've got that planned out a little bit in advance here. But we're going to lay the Wii U to rest the same week that the Switch comes out. So that should be a whole lot of fun. So be sure to come back in a couple weeks and listen to that. But more soon, it'll be Lee come back next week yeah, when we come talk back about whatever and then come back the week later to hear us talk about the wii u yeah we'll talk about wii u the week after but next week i, I don't know what we're talking about a little bit some sort of topic and with some news too i don't, I don't know it'll so, be there so, something will happen and we'll talk about it next week but until then we're gonna stop talking at least on this audio channel and go take a nap or play too many video games or something uh but until next week thanks so much for listening we appreciate you we love you have a good week bye farewell